Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, babe, what you got there? This is a check from Carvana. I just sold my car to them. I went online and Carvana gave me an offer right away. Then they just picked up the car and gave me this. Well, that's a big check. Well, obviously you could put this towards your next car, or we could finally get that jacuzzi, or I could start taking tuba lessons, or I could quit my job and write my memoir. Or I can put it towards my next car with Carvana. Sorry, your check, not mine. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. Welcome to Mystery Bible. My name is Ken Primus. We are continuing our journey through the book of Yasher. We are still in chapter 39. We're looking at the sons of Jacob and their battle as to how they fought against uh, these uh, different cities, the region. It tells us this, what they are and so forth. And we've been looking at that. And I've been trying to be mindful as well as to bring to your attention that uh, this particular uh, story, especially with the exploits with the sons, is not mentioned in the Bible. But that doesn't say that it's not true. Because um, the book of Yasher was before the Bible. Uh, this was a part of their history. It does fill in a lot of um, history, historical pieces that were um, uh, that were missing, that were in the Bible. It also deals and it has a lot of contradiction also to the Bible. And so there is a lot of uh, arguments and all that type of stuff. But I'm not here for that theological arguments and all that stuff. What we're trying to do here currently is just paint the picture as to what is going on from other sources other than the Bible. And I've been telling you guys we're using the Bible as the uh, point of reference. Uh, but we will see in the chronology in the book of Yasher when it comes to um, the death of Isaac and Joseph and his dream and all that type of stuff. Um, according to the Bible and how they listed, um, there was a brief piece within the Bible that talks about the death of um, Isaac um, and this, and then it went into some of the uh, lineage with um, J- the Jacob and um, Esau's and stuff like that. But we've been lo- we've been looking at the sons of Jacob, this battle that these guys are having, and we'll deal with all of the other different aspects of the Bible as far as the chronology and things. Um, we are now focusing on that, and then we'll we'll you know um, we will kind of uh, be able to oscillate back and forth, and we'll center ourselves and still continue the story. So there shouldn't be any panic saying that I'm preaching heresy or any of that stuff. As a, again, I am just taking the story, reading it to you from the book of Yasher. And then once we go through this, we are going to, and I try to come in and just drop some nuggets in within the story to show you that these principles still exist today that uh, we have to do in our walk of faith, just like these men did at that time. And so we are going to continue. I'm going to pick up um, in chapter 39 because we closed there. So I'm going to just reiterate some things and then we're going to continue uh, finishing up on chapter 39 because as I mentioned to you, this war goes all the way to chapter 40 of the book of Yasher. And so we'll try and close this uh, series out hopefully uh, today so that we can move on and continue our journey as to um, the Bible and how God works with people just like you and I, as I mentioned 
But with our faith, we're able to do great things. And Jesus did say that if we, we can use our faith to move mountains, um, literally to make, to speak to a mountain, to get it up, bring it out of the ground, have it move through the air, travel into the sea and deposit it into the, into the sea. Faith can do that. So, and that is why I say to you guys, faith is the force by which this world was created, this universe, this dimension, if you will. Uh, we saw the God, the Father, um, utilizing faith in Genesis. Let there be. He he um, began to confess, calling those things that are not as though they were. The Bible tells us that in in Romans. So faith is looking at those things are that are not around you and bringing it into existence. And we see that these guys wanted strength, needed strength, needed um, superpowers, if you will, and God was giving it to them so that they can handle this fight because they're fighting thousands of people. I've mentioned to you also that um, I believe that they were dealing with these mighty men. I believe they were dealing with men of renowned strength, men that were of the lineage with the um, the Nephilims, because that genes did the gene did not die. It was still traveling through humans, and we see that it manifests later on in the Bible in uh, several of the other giants. And the, the Bible mentions tons of them. Abraham fought some. Uh, uh, Noah. Um, all these guys back then were dealing with these Nephilim. They've never gone around. They, they died. The, the first set, which were the clash of the titans that um, the, the Greek um, mythology talked about. I believe that is a true story. They were talking about the original uh, Nephilims that were the giants and the Bible tells us another the Bible the book of Enoch told us that God told them they had 500 years to live and it was uh, Michael's responsibility to cause a civil war amongst them which he did uh, those that have been listening to this podcast we've talked about that before so let's take a look and continue this we're going to pick it up uh, we know that this uh, these guys are on the, on the wall fighting the people were coming at them they're shouting at them, all kinds of stuff, and um, uh, they're still in the midst of this war with Gash um, and the people up there. So let's go back into our scene, if you will, this Hollywood scene, because this is getting some good stuff. Uh, we see that these guys, uh, we know that uh, 120 of them, we know that three died earlier, if you remember. We talked about this. They had prayed, asked God that... Um, no one will be hurt, but if anyone gets hurt, let them uh, be. Let their death not be in vain. And so we're getting to see um, that sometimes you're praying for things, and um, you know uh, God will answer your prayer, but not how you expect it to be answered. But that does not say that you should give up uh, because He didn't do do it the way you thought. Uh, so that's where a lot of us mess up because we are thinking. Uh, he should have done it my way, you know, he, I did it my way kind of thing. But God does it the way that is best for us. And we just have to believe that, trust that, and that he has our best interests in all of this. So we're going to pick up in 19 and then we'll go from there. And Judah, seeing that the men of Gash were getting too heavy for them, gave a most piercing and tremendous shriek. And all the men of Gash were terrified at the voice of Judah's cry. And men fell from the wall at his powerful shriek. And all those that were from uh, without and within the city were greatly afraid of their lives. 
lives. That was really fascinating. I would have loved to hear that noise that will cause fear to drop into the hearts of a lot of people, um, you know, um, men that are surrounding this guy and fighting, that he would uh, make a noise from his mouth that was able to scare people and, and cause the spirit of fear to drop into them where they are not performing at their optimal uh, knowledge as warriors. So we see that um, he makes this noise, people began to, to lose it, and um, that uh, uh, this war is continuing. So let's see, and the uh, sons of Judah slew all the men who were within the city, and the sons of Judah still drew nigh to the affected entrance of the city and the fight under the city wall. So these guys, as you see where the location is, and um, this is continuing. Uh, verse 25, let's go down. And there you see, what is the matter with you? Um, let's go to 24. And the people of Gaash, who were upon the wall, seeing that the sons of Jacob could not prevail over them or under the wall, reproached the son of Jacob in these words, saying, and we talked about that the last time, uh, they said to him, you know, you coming up, you beat all the other people, um, and, uh, you know, but we are much stronger, and, um, you know, they are uh, taunting them, if you will, and so they are telling these guys, you came here to die. And um, Judah, it tells us that they heard the words of the inhabitants of Gash, and their anger was greatly roused. And Judah was jealous of his God in this matter. He And he called out and said, O Lord, help, send help to us and our brothers. So in the midst of the battle, as we're saying, they're praying. The other side is in fearfulness, but they're taunting. And these guys are about to unleash another stuff, because every time they get angry, we know what happens. And he ran at a distance with all his might, and he, with his drawn sword in his hand, he sprang up from the earth and faint on his uh, strength, mounted the wall, and his sword fell from his hand. We talked about that when he was on the wall, and all the people see him without a sword. They try to attack him, and um, he begins to fight and overcome them anyway. And so we're looking again at this. I'm just doing a rehash, if you will, and then we're going to go in. And remember, he had cried also on the wall again. And um, uh, when he calls Dan and Dan shows up and all that stuff. So let's continue when we see Dan comes on the scene and Judah cried out upon the wall, owing the pain produced by the blow. When Dan heard him, remember he, he got hit um, and he almost died from the blow. Dan heard him and his anger burnt with him. And he also rose up and went at a distance, ran and sprang from the earth and mounted the wall with his wrath, excited strength. So these guys are doing supernatural stuff. That's what I tell you. God was able to do supernatural stuff. And so verse 45, And Dan and Judah, when they could no longer bear the stones and arrows that fell upon them from the second wall, they both sprang up the second wall near the people of the city. And when the people of the city who were upon the second wall saw that Dan and Judah had come to them upon the second wall, they all cried out and descended below between the walls. And Jacob and his son heard the noise of the shouting of the people of the city, and they were still at the entrance of the city. And they were anxious 
about Dan and Judah and were not seen by them, they being upon the second wall. And then Fratelli went up with his wrath excited. Mike sprang upon the first wall to see what caused the noise of shouting, which they heard in the city of Issachar and Zebulun. Drew nigh to the, to break the door of the city and they opened the gate of the city, um, and came into the city. And Epitelli leaped from the first wall to the second wall to assist his brothers and the inhabitants of Gash. Uh, who were upon the wall seeing that Naphtali was the third who had come up to assist his brothers. They all fled and descended into the city, and Jacob and all his sons and all their young men came into the city and uh, upon them. So they're pursuing these guys um, into their city now as they began to um, run. So let's take a look and see what is going on um, as they move through. Uh, you know, this particular battle. And so this is, um, it's really interesting to see what, um, in your, as I mentioned, in your praying, uh, there will always be opposition. And sometimes it looks like you're failing, but the battle is still raging. Don't give up. Don't give up, guys. And so this is all I've been trying. And we're looking at these men in literal battle. And there are times it look like they're failing and uh, people are taunting them, but they're not giving up. And that's what you and I are called to walk the walk of faith until the battle is over. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood like these guys, but our battle is against principalities and powers. We fight against spiritual uh, demons and evil spirits just being utilizing people to get you and I angry. But our fight is the same in the sense uh, there is a beginning, there is a middle, and there is an end. And so, But within that, God is constant all the time, and he is in this fight with you. You may think he isn't, but he is. And the inhabitants of the city had all descended into the city, and the sons of Jacob came to them, in a different direction, and the battle waged against them from the front uh, uh, and the rear, and the sons of Jacob smote them terribly and slew about 20,000 of them, men and women. Not one of them could stand against the sons of Jacob. And the blood flowed uh, plentifully in the city, and it was like a brook of water, and the blood flew, flowed like a brook to the outer part of the city and reach the desert. Guys, that is a lot of blood. Now, you got to think now what is going on here. For blood to be flowing, that means that the blood, the ground, had to be saturated first before it can then move because then the earth is not capable in all, uh, anymore to... Um, drink up, if you will, that blood. And because it's not able to, to drink it up anymore, it then flows. And that's where we get, uh, flood and stuff like that because the earth is saturated with the water that it can't take anymore. And then it just keeps moving forward and going. And so we see this particular thing happening, um, where the blood is flowing. There's another reference in the Bible in the book of Revelation in Armageddon that the blood of mankind will be at the bridle of a horse. That is a lot of blood. So 
this war that we are in has some consequences, as you may say. So we see that, um, and the people of Bet Kornrim, this is the, in the desert, saw the distance that the blood is flowing towards them um, from the city of Gash. And about 70 men from amongst them ran to see the blood, and they came to the place where the blood was. And they followed the track of the blood and came to the wall of the city of Gash. And they saw the blood issue from the city, and they heard the voice of crying from the inhabitants of Gash. For it ascended up in, onto heaven, and the blood was uh, continuing to flow abundantly like a brook of water. And all the sons of Jacob were still smiting the inhabitants of Gash, and were engaged in slaying them till evening, about 20,000 men and women, and the people of Quorum saw, surely this is the work of the Hebrews, for they are still carrying on war in all the cities of the Ammonite. And those people hastened and ran back to their city, and each took his weapon of war, and they cried out to all the inhabitants of Beth Quorum, who also gird on their weapons of war to go and fight with the sons of Jacob. Guys, it's just a few men that are destroying armies, and we're getting to see what God can do with a few men. Uh, we saw a movie a few years ago with um, uh, 300 men against uh, uh, the army of uh, in that movie and what those 300 men did. And so this is a powerful image of what God can do with his people when you're in the midst of a warfare and God has not um, said that he will he will be fighting with his people. And these guys are here destroying this particular nation. And we'll see the same thing within the Old Testament where God would send them into when they're fighting a particular people. God would tell them, make sure you kill everybody, kill the animals, kill the um, the children, kill the the um, the male, the female. Why is that? Um, is he a cruel God? No, the answer is the lineage, the bloods, the DNA of those people were the descendants of giants, and there were giants, and he was trying to annihilate that uh, those race off of this uh, planet. That was why the reason of the flood came, because these guys were doing horrendous things um, in at the time of Noah. They were uh, they were around in the time of Noah. They were doing um, the mixing of animals, one skin against the other, meaning that they were crossbreeding animals and all that stuff and turning hybrids. And this is where we get all of those um, uh, monsters from and so forth, because that is real. This is not fantasy stuff. This is real stuff. Uh, so uh, the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so there's going to be a resurgence in science within uh, you will see that they are going to be doing all of these things, and we know that that's happening currently in today's um, world. We know they're working on super soldiers and all those different things as actively right now. They're, they're cloning things. They're doing all kinds of stuff. It's going to get even more intense. But the Bible tells us that the earth has never seen what will, was coming. Because why? Because God is going to actually remove himself totally from the earth. He's going to actually pull out and leave, take his presence out of this place, and Lucifer and his boys are going to have full reign. What a place that's going to be. So 
you guys need to make sure you choose Jesus Christ. No man comes to the Father but by me. Why? Because God says you must be born again. Why must you be born again? You need a new spirit. That's why, because God says when you become born again, you get a new spirit. Your old spirit is ripped out. It's destroyed. And that's why God tells these people, don't be afraid of men who is able to destroy the body, but you need to be afraid of God the Father who is able to destroy both the body and the soul and the spirit. He is the one, and this the white throne judgment is going to be that final judgment when every spirit comes before the Father, and he tells us that he will annihilate um, spirits at that one, because after that, there's no more anything. So that means that he has to destroy all those that choose to side with Lucifer and his uh, demons. And you know, it's a choice that you and I have to make. So I just want to bring you guys to there and then we're going to pick up and we're going to try to finish up uh, 39 and go to 40 and call it a day. Anyway, we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Mystery Bible. We are continuing looking at these guys. We're in chapter four, uh, 39 and we're trying to get to 40 so we can finish this up. So let's take a look and see where they're at. We see that they are in the midst of uh, destroying these people, uh, thousands of them. We see that uh, the Bet-Koron uh, group, they saw, they followed the blood, they came, looked, and they saw that the men, Jacob and his sons, were just destroying these inhabitants of uh, Gaash. And they walked about the city. And so these guys took off and they are uh, gathering themselves for war. So let's go back and see. And the people hastened and ran to Bet-Kurim and each took his weapon of war. And they cried out to all the inhabitants of Bet-Kurim who also girded uh, on their weapon of war to go and fight with the sons of Jacob. And when the sons of Jacob had done smiting the inhabitants of Gash, they walked about the city to strip all the, sla the slain and coming in the innermost part of the city and farther on they met Three very powerful men. Again, these are the descendants of the Nephilim, as I mentioned, and they were no sword in their hand. And the sons of Jacob came up to the place where they were, and the powerful men ran away. And one of them had taken Zebulun, who he saw was a young lad and a short statue, and with his might dashed him to the ground. And Jacob ran to him with his sword, and Jacob smote him below his loins with the sword, and cut him in two, and the body fell upon Zebulun. And the second one approached and seized Jacob to fall on him to the ground, and Jacob turned to him and shouted at uh, to him, while Simeon and Levi ran and smote him on the hip with the sword, and he fell fell to the ground. And the powerful man ran up from the ground, and wrath excited uh, might. And Judah came to him before he had gained his footing, and struck him upon the head with the sword, and his head was split, and he died. And the third powerful man, seeing this, seeing that his companions were killed, he ran from before the sons of Jacob. And the sons of Jacob pursued him in the city. And whilst the powerful man was fleeing, he found one of the swords of the inhabitants of the city. And he picked it up and turned to the sons of Jacob and fought them 
with that sword. And the powerful man ran to Judah to strike him upon the head with the sword. And there was no shield in the hand of Judah. And whilst he was aiming to strike him, Naphtali hastened, took his shield and put it in Judah's hand, um, head, Judah's head, and the sword of the powerful man hit the shield of Naphtali and Judah escaped the sword. And Simeon and Levi ran up the powerful man with their sword and struck at his force, at him forcefully with their sword. And the two sword entered the body of the powerful man and divided it in two, two lengthwise. And the sons of Jacob smote the third mighty man at the time together with all the inhabitants of Gash. And the day was about to decline. And the sons of Jacob walked about Gash and took all the spoils of the city even the little ones and women, they did not suffer to live. And the sons of ja- uh, Jacob did unto Gash as they had done the Sartan and Sheol. And you remember a lot of these women also were fighting against them, and these guys were not taking any chance. So we see, again, those mighty men that I keep talking to you guys about, these powerful men, look what's going on with them. And so they were pretty strong, and as I mentioned before in the previous podcast, I do believe that they were from the lineage of the Nephilims, and I believe these were pretty strong and powerful uh, gentlemen. And the sons of Jacob led away all the spoils of Gash and went out of the city by night. They were going out, marching towards the castle um, of uh, Bethkurim, and the inhabitants of Bethkurim were going to the castle to meet them. And on that night, the sons of Jacob fought with the inhabitants of Bethkurim, in the castle of Bethlehem. And all the inhabitants of Bethlehem were mighty men. One of them would not flee from about a thousand men, and they fought on that night until the castle, and their shouts were heard on the night far off, and the earth quaked at their shouting. You got to be some big boys. And so again, they're running into some Nephilims, if you will. And the sons of Jacob were afraid of these, these men. So now we're seeing that fear um, is coming into, uh, that spirit of fear is coming onto the, uh, the, the son uh, Jacob, the sons of Jacob. And so when you are in a battle, again, this physical battle here is also a representation of a spiritual battle that you and I are. Sometimes we get to a place where we become fearful in our current situation, but as we read, we will continue to read and see God is always there. He'll show up in some form. So let's see in what form did he show up. And all the sons of Jacob were afraid of those men, and they were not accustomed to fight in the dark. And they were greatly confounded, and the sons of Jacob cried unto the Lord, saying, Give us help, O Lord. Deliver us that we may not die by the hands of these uncircumcised men. Again, I'm telling you, when you're in your battle, you got to go to God because the Bible says, I'm going to cry unto God from whence comes my help. And so let's see what he does um, to help them. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of the sons of Jacob, and the Lord caused great terror and confusion to seize the people of Bethkorum. And they fought against amongst themselves, the one with the other, in the darkness of the night, and they smote each other in great numbers. So God caused them to... Um, to turn on themselves, as the scripture tells us that the enemy that um, arise, O Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered. We know that this God is a God of warfare, guys. 
And so you have to understand the Bible. I want to take you into this principle because this is a very important principle that you, you have to realize. God is not going to do anything unless you give him permission. He's waiting on you. They prayed, and when they prayed, it gave him permission to enter into on their behalf. And so he's waiting on you. He says, call on me, and I will do, I will perform. So God is waiting for you and I to call on him. And that is a principle, ask, and it shall be given. And so you and I have a responsibility to ask. If we don't ask, you're not going to get nothing. Ask and it shall be. So if you're in a situation, a battle, and you're not opening your mouth, how does God know, God, you know, to come and help? He's watching this thing and um, he's waiting for you to give him permission to come into this battle so that he can show himself mighty on your behalf. And he tells you that I will fight for you. So this is how he is fighting for them. It says, and the Lord hearkened to the voice of the son of Jacob. So God was waiting for them to say something. And when they said something, it says, it told us his response. He hearkened unto them. The Bible says that he is listening. And once they gave him permission, it says, and the Lord caused the sun uh, caused a great terror. Um, so they, the spirit of fear is was uh, approaching these guys and, and it was an opportunity for them to walk and live in fearfulness, but they cried unto God and God came to their help. And God caused great te- terror and confusion, terror and confusion. You see that many times when he fights with our, for his people, that he caused that to happen amongst the, the enemy, and they destroyed himself. And the people of Bethlehem, um, and they fought amongst themselves, the one with another, in the darkness of the night, and smote each other in great numbers. So these guys were Nephilim, man, I'm telling you, they got to be, um, but it didn't say as to the size, it just said that these men were causing them to the fact that they became fearful. They were much powerful than the others that they had taken care of. And these guys have been fighting for a long time, all day long, nights and everything. So um, I'm sure, uh, um, you know, looking at that situation, you could probably uh, begin to uh, doubt yourself, but they cried on to the Lord. And it says in verse 6, And the sons of Jacob, knowing that the Lord had brought a spirit of uh, perverseness amongst those men, and that they fought against um, fought each man with his neighbor, went forth and amongst the band of the people of the of Bethurim and went as far as the descendants of the cattle of Bethurim and the fathers and they ter- carried there securely with their young men on that night. So they're just letting them do the battle and they're going to rest. And the people of Bethurim fought the whole night, one man with his brother and the other with his neighbor. And they cried out in every direction upon the castle. And they cried, was heard at a distance, and the whole earth shook at their voice, for they were powerful above all the people of the earth. So these were some big boys. And all the inhabitants of the city of Canaanites, the, um, the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hivites, and all the kings of Canaan, these are... Uh, you're seeing the list of it. These are the list of the tribe of the giants. Uh, they're just listing right there. And so 
I believe, as I've mentioned before, I believe honestly that they were Nephilim that they were fighting. And uh, we see the strength of these people. And when the Bible talks and we see that lots of the giants were in those clans that were just mentioned, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, and all the kings of Canaan, and all those who were on the other side of Jordan heard the noise of the shouting of that night. And they said, surely these are the battle of the Hebrews who are fighting against the seven cities who came nigh unto them and who can stand against those Hebrews. Who can stand against God and his people? He says in the scriptures, nothing can separate us from God and his love for us. Nothing, nothing. And so we see that these people are also making that declaration. Who can separate these guys? Because they remember these Jewish people, these Hebrews. And all the inhabitants of the city of Canaan and all those who were on the other side of the Jordan, who are greatly afraid of the sons of Jacob, for they said, Behold, the same will be done to us as was done to those cities. Uh, for who can stand against their mighty strength? And the cries of the Koranites, uh, were very great on that night and continued to increase and they smote each other till morning and numbers of them were killed and the morning appeared and all the sons of Jacob rose up at daybreak and went up to the castle and they smote those who remained of the Cronanites uh, in a terrible manner and they were all killed in the castle. So these guys went to sleep while God was dealing with these people and cause them to do all kinds of crazy stuff, just like you and I should be. Because once we go to sleep, God is still working. He He works 24 hours a day, guys. So um, God was the first one that had 24 hours a day. So um, 7-Eleven is uh, copying him and all these other places, but God was open 24 hours a day. And so they get up early in the morning, and they began to finish what God had finished. And the sixth day appeared, and all the inhabitants of Canaan saw at a distance, all the people of Bethcorum laying dead in the castle of Bethcorum. And so uh, stood about at the carcasses of the lamb and goats. And the sons of Jacob led all the spoils which they had captured from Gash and went to Bethcorum. And they found the city full of people like the sands of the sea. And they fought with them. And the sons of Jacob smote them there till evening time. And the sons of Jacob did unto Bethcorum as they had done to Gaash and Tapnash, and they had done uh, to Shazar, Sartan, and Sheol. And the sons of Jacob took with them the spoils of Bethcorum and all the spoils of the city. And all on that day they went home from Sheshem. And the sons of Jacob came home to the city of Sheshem, and they remained without the city. And then they rested there for the war had carried there all night. And all the sons' servants, together with the spoil they had taken away from the cities, they left without the city, and they did not enter the city. And they said, Preadventure they may be yet more fighting amongst us, and they may come to besiege us in session. And Jacob and his sons and their servants remained on the night, and the next day in the portion of the field which Jacob had purchased from Hammond for five shekels, and all that they had captured was with them. And all the booty uh, which the sons of Jacob had captured was in a portion of the field immense as the sand of the seashore. And the inhabitants of the land observed them from far off, 
and all the inhabitants of the land were afraid of the sons of Jacob, who had done this thing, and for no king from the days of old had ever done what they had done. And the seven kings of the Canaanite resolved to make peace with the sons of Jacob, for they were greatly afraid of their lives and on account of the sons of Jacob. And on that day, being the seventh day, uh, Japhia, king of Hebron, sent secretly to the king of Ai, and to the king of Gibeon, and the king of Shalem, and to the king of Adullam, and the king of Lashish, and to the king of Sassar, and all the Canaanitish kings were under their subjection, saying, Go up with me and come to me, uh, that we may go to the sons of Jacob, and I will make peace with them, and from form a treaty with them, lest all your land be destroyed by the sword of the sons of Jacob. And they did to Sheshem and the cities around it, as you have heard and seen. And when you come to me, do not come with many men, but let every king bring three head captain, and every captain bring three of his officers. And come all of you to Hebron, and we will go together to the sons of Jacob and supplicate them that they shall form a treaty of peace with us. And all those kings did as the king of Hebron had sent to them, and they were all under his counsel and command, and all the kings of Canaan assembled together to the sons of Jacob to make peace with them. And the sons of Jacob returned and went to the portion of the field which was in session, and they did not put confidence in the kings of the land. And the sons of Jacob returned and remained in the portion of the field ten days, and no one came to make war with them. So these guys uh, came, and we see that they went to make peace with them. And when the sons of Jacob saw that there were no appearance of war, they all assembled and went to the city of Session, and the sons of Jacob remained in Session. And at the expiration of 40 days, all the kings of the Amorite assembled from their place and came to Hebron, uh, Jephthah, king of Hebron, and a number of the kings that came to Hebron to make peace with the sons of Jacob were 21 kings. And the number of captains that came with them were 69, and their men were hundreds and 89. And all these kings and their men rested by Mount Hebron. And the kings of Hebron went out and three captain and nine men, and these kings resolved to go to the sons of Jacob to make peace. And they said unto the king of Hebron, Go thou before us with thy men, and speak to us unto the sons of Jacob, and we will come after you, and conform thy word. And the kings of Hebron did so. And the sons of Jacob heard that all the kings of Canaan had gathered together and rested in Hebron, and the sons of Jacob sent four of their servants as spies, saying, Go and spy these kings, and search, and examine the men, whether they are few or many, and if they are but few in number, number them all, and come back. And the servants, servants of Jacob went secretly to these kings, and did as the sons of Jacob had commanded them. And on that day they came back to the sons of Jacob and said unto them, You came into those kings, and they are but few in numbers, and remember them all. And behold, there were two hundred and eighty kings and men. And the sons of Jacob said, They are but few in numbers, therefore we will not go out to them. And in the morning the sons of Jacob rose up and chose sixty-two of their men, 
and ten of the sons of Jacob went with them, and they girded on their weapons of war, and uh, for they said, They are coming to make war with us, for they knew not how that we were coming to make peace with them. And the sons of Jacob went with their servants to the gate of Sheshem towards those kings, and their father Jacob was with them. And when they came forth, behold, the king of, he the king of Hebron and three of his captains and nine men with him were coming along the road against the sons of Jacob. And the sons of Jacob lifted up their eyes and saw that a distant Japhia king of Hebron with his captains coming towards them. And the sons of Jacob took their stands at the place of the gate of Shechem and did not proceed. And the king of Hebron continued to advance he and his captains until he came to the Nile to the sons of Jacob, and he and his captains bowed down to them to the ground, and the kings of Hebron sat with his captains before Jacob and his sons. And the sons of Jacob said unto him, What has befallen you, O king of Hebron? Why hast thou come to us this day? What dost thou require from us? And the king of Hebron said unto Jacob, I beseech thee, my lord, all the kings of the Canaanites have this day come to make peace with you. And the sons of Jacob heard the words of the king of Hebron, and they would not consent to his proposal. For the sons of Jacob had no faith in him, for they imagined that the king of Hebron had spoken deceitfully to them. And the king of Hebron knew from the words of the sons of Jacob that they did not believe his word. And the king of Hebron approached nearer to Jacob and said unto him, I beseech thee, my lord, to be assured that all these kings have come to you on peaceable terms, for they have not come with all their men, neither did they bring their weapons of war for with them, for they have come to seek peace from my lord and his sons. And the sons of Jacob answered the king of Hebron, saying, Send thou all these kings, and if thou speakest truth unto us, let them each come singly before us, and if they come unto us unarmed, we shall then know that they seek peace with us. And Japhia, king of Hebron, sent one of his men to the kings, and they came before the sons of Jacob, and bowed down to them to the ground. And these kings sat before Jacob and his sons, and they spoke unto them, saying, We have heard all that you did unto the kings of the Amorite with your sword, an exceedingly mighty arm, so that no man shall stand up before you, and we were afraid of you for the sake of our lives, lest it should befall us uh, as you did them. So we have come unto you to form a treaty of peace between us, and now therefore contact contract with us a covenant of peace and truth that you will not meddle with us insomuch as we have not meddled with you. And the sons of Jacob knew that they had really come to seek peace from them. And the sons of Jacob listened to them and formed a covenant with them. And the sons of Jacob swore unto them that they would not meddle with them, and all the kings of the Canaanites swore also to them, and the sons of Jacob made them tributary from the day, from that day forward. And after this, all the captains of these kings came with their men before Jacob, with presents in their hands for Jacob and his sons, and they bowed down to him to the ground. And these kings then urged the sons of Jacob and begged them, 
to return all the spoils they had captured from the seven cities of the Amorites. And the sons of Jacob did so. And they returned all that they had captured, the women, the little ones, the cattle, and all the spoils which they had taken. And they sent them off, and they went away, each to his city. And all the all these kings again bowed down to the sons of Jacob, and the servants uh, uh, brought them many gifts in those days. And the sons of Jacob sent off these kings and their men, and they went peaceably away from them to, the, to their cities. And the sons of Jacob also returned to their home in Sheshem. And there were peace from that day forward between the sons of Jacob and the kings of the Canaanites until the children of Israel came to inherit the land of Canaan. And so we are finished with the war series, if you will, um, that took place. And again, it was not mentioned within the Bible and the pages of the Bible, but it is mentioned in the book of Yasher, and there was a lot of stuff that went on there that was not in the Bible. And makes you want to wonder why did they keep these things out. And I have my own reasons, but uh, I'm not going to um, put that on you guys. But um, I just want to show you from the book of Yasha that there's a lot. The principles are the same that we apply when we are in warfare and God answers, he listens, he's waiting for you and I. And the Bible tells us that he is in the warfare, he causes our enemies to scatter, arise, and let the enemies be scattered. You know, there's scriptures about God as a God of warfare, a God of warrior, and we know that Jesus is coming. The Bible tells us that he is coming as one of a, of a warrior, and when he comes, uh, it says that he is going to speak a word. Um, this is when the children of Israel are in this battle at Armageddon. When Jesus comes, he's going to come back a little different than when he's coming for his church. And the Bible says that he is going to speak a word and the flesh of mankind will melt. And so I don't want to be I'm telling you guys, you know, Jesus, don't, people don't understand. He's coming back a little different. He's not coming back timid. He's coming back for warfare. And the Bible tells us that he's going to open his mouth. And when he opens his mouth and speak, that uh, the flesh of mankind is going to melt at the power that he holds within himself when he releases those that word whatever that is so um i want to thank you guys for following me we're getting moving through the bible we just had to deal with this war and it was a it was several wars and we're down to the conclusion of that and um we are looking at the you'll see the sons of jacob as they continue their journey we're going to look into joseph we're going to look at the death of um, isaac because he's still alive according to the book of Yasher in the Bible. He has died. But we will reconcile all of that later on. But I want to thank you guys for following me here. I um, Just subscribe and like and continue to listen and grow with us. Um, spread the word, share, so that we can grow as a podcast and uh, so that we can be a bigger family as we move forward, learning about all the mysteries that are hidden within the Bible. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Mystery Bible. Let's walk through the Bible and learn of God and His beautiful mercies 
and all that he has provided for us, that we may become effective for his kingdom and change this world. Check in every week for a new episode. 